Hey guys, welcome to Rick for Dirt, the podcast that brings the adventure to you. And again, it is just so nice to finally be out and about and doing stuff again. Um, so you guys just listened to our Moab excursions, and that was a great time, wasn't it? Absolutely. That was a ton of fun. Yeah. So, I'm Ollie. I'm Frank. And uh, on this episode of Rick for Dirt, uh, we're going to do what we usually do do or have done which is uh go back to the past right <laughs> and kind of tell you what we've been up to and what we've done and then we'll we'll briefly discuss where we're at and uh and then yeah we got another one coming for you guys after this that ties into exactly where we are but we'll get to that later so frank what's up dude oh my gosh it feels like we've been doing so much oh my god dude. at the same time it hasn't stopped since Moab. And at the same time, it feels so distant. Like it was so, like Moab feels like it was forever ago. And it it wasn't, but it feels like it was like last year. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think when like two people like you and I work closely together. Yeah. And we've got the stress of like doing podcasts and getting out to events and that whole shit. Well, when we do like three podcasts... You got. You guys got to understand. That's like a month and a half. Yes, literally. Yeah, and exactly. Me and Frank actually get to take a vacation and focus just on work and right. family, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually kind of nice. It is a vacation. In yeah, some, in some ways. Um, and granted, I don't ever take for granted the fact that we get to do this for fun. Right. But um, it is nice when we kind of bank a few episodes when we do those big trips, right? Yeah. Where we where we can. There's enough content. There's enough going on. It's it's a it's. It is like a banger week, and then you can just like, yeah, you can knock out three episodes mm-hmm. or more if you're lucky, and yeah, when you get home and, you know, all the work is done, your editing and all that stuff is done, then yeah, you kind of just get to sit on your laurels for a few weeks and recover. I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's not like we haven't been doing stuff, so like this episode we're going to talk about exactly trips I've been on, uh, some cool stuff that Frank's done. And then we have had a Rick for Dirt event um, since yeah yeah two I think two of them two of them yeah, yeah since yeah. Uh, since the last episode uh, we left off on so I mean there's been a lot of stuff going on it's not like we haven't seen each other but it's been nice not to have to constantly mix in the podcasting with the actual adventure as right. it's happening um, so do you wanna do you wanna kick it off with uh, your sure yeah so. Um, you know, one of the things that I think not doing a podcast on a trip, like, you know, we always pride ourselves on doing the podcast during the trip, but one of the nice things about not doing it on the trip is you get to focus and just kind of be in the moment. Right. And so like, that was one of the cool things that we did. Um, gosh, I guess now it's been almost three weeks. Um, we went out to the Mojave preserve and we went out there with Overland bound cool. and this is the, this is the second time or the third time. I'm trying to remember because COVID really messed up my brain as far as like timelines go. <laughs> it's, I don't know. A year is a, a month is a year and a year is like a decade. Um, right. But we, we did a big cleanup. So to kind of give you the backstory, Overland Bound has partnered with the National Park Service, mm-hmm. specifically the, the Mojave Preserve National Park. And so what they're doing is they're helping the park restore a lot of the historic locations that have been kind of contaminated or ruined by squatters like during like the early and so and not like now like some of this happened in the 70s in the 80s right. right where they had these historic locations where people have lived there and they've made these and in this particular instance and you've been there Ali right to we yeah. went to the same place Death Valley Mine um which is 
uh, we're almost smack in the middle. Which is not Death Valley, by the way. No, it's not Death Valley, right, exactly. But it's a location within the preserve called Death Valley Mine. And um, there's these giant pits. And, by, and I mean, they're, they're massive. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. They're massive pits where they just basically took a, a bulldozer and pushed all their garbage into it. And there's like parts of cars in there. Everything you could possibly imagine for decades of people living and squatting out there in the middle of the desert. Right. And so um, our task. Did you guys find needles and stuff? No, we didn't find any paraphernalia, uh-huh. um, but we found, I mean, and, and but we, uh, it was a lot of trash, right? We found like Coke cans, uh, beer cans, bottles, right. um, and, a, and a lot of living stuff, right? So like furniture and carpets and mattresses and springs and all the stuff you would expect people to use to live and then the Asbestos. Yeah, all that nasty stuff. We found, and we also found some other cool stuff. We found some historic stuff. Like we found um, like claim markers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then we found, and, and the many different ways that these miners would use to identify their claim and the boundaries of their claim. That's cool. Yeah, and then we found, like for example, um, a lampshade of one. Wasn't of the, that the first cleanup? That was the first one. Yeah, yeah. We found we we have found love letters preserved, like, and we've. Oh, I shouldn't say love letters. More like breakup letters. Okay. Like we found one the first time, and we found another one what? this time. Like somebody went out there and somebody was living out there, uh. and there was this letter. Like it was, I mean, I mean, they're pouring their hearts out in this letter. In this case, the one that we just recently read, this I'm assuming a guy, the way that it was written, um, is basically saying that he's not that it's over, and he's not faulting the his partner for for wanting to move on and wanting a different life because he's out here in the desert, you know, trying to mine and he's been out here for months no or shit. however. And so like it's sad on one hand mm-hmm. and it's just like so real and so raw and also you're 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 reading like someone else's like deepest like confession, you oh, know, crazy. and so it's yeah, it's super trippy and it's anonymous like we you know, we, we don't know who this person is. We we guesstimate that this was probably in like the around the sixties or seventies. Um, we it's not so it was not historic. So it was still actively mining back then. Yeah, no, back then it was squat. Back then it was. Um, I think this would have been a squatter. Okay. I'm not sure if it was a miner. Okay. Um, I'm guessing it was a squatter. Um, and even when it was a mine, the 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 park ranger was telling us that they were n- none of the mines out there were incredibly productive. Where they were like, you know, corporations mining. All these guys, I, I forget what he called it. I want to say scratch mining or something like that. Where basically, these miners are making enough for their own living. Like they're not, they're not getting filthy rich or anything or building corporations, right? They're just because like the scraps that they're collecting are yeah. just minuscule. To, yeah, they're to make, the point where they're not making a lot. Of they're not making a lot of money. They're surviving, right? They're they're making a li- they're making a living, but they're not, you know, changing. Crazy. They're not. It's not life changing. Um, and so, I mean, and we found a lampshade to the original like Kelso train station depot, and it was one like the, preserved. Right? Yeah, it was just one of this. This one was kind of bent a little bit, but they, but they wanted to keep it. It was worth keeping. And that's so cool. Yeah, you just find all kinds of stuff out there. So we went out there again, and then real quick, uh, the campsite that because I, I brought the boys. Right, when same campsite. Out. Exactly. That campsite's interesting because it's like a bunch of is it corrals? It or? used to be a corral, yeah, okay. exactly. And so that's where they kept all. Um, I want to say their livestock, um, because in the early 1900s, believe it or not, there was a lot of uh, ranchers out there. There's still one rancher um, who I'll get into in a little bit later. It's tough land over there. It is tough land, and there's a lot of there's a lot of cattle. And a lot of grazing, and from what I understand from the park ranger, the terrain, the landscape back then was was different because they went through um, kind of this cyclical period where there was a lot of rain, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of grasses, 
that were kind of growing, and, you know, just the, the type of stuff you, you see, you know, when you're driving, like, for those of you who are in SoCal, the California hills, and they, they kind of get that low grassland kind yeah. of look to them, similar kind of thing. And so there was a lot of grazing. It was a hard life, but there was a lot of grazing um, out there. And not that's anymore. kind of, yeah, not anymore. Now there's only one active ranch. There's like Joshua trees. There's like a burnt out section of Joshua trees. Correct. The, the Mojave fire. The dome fire. Yeah. The Mojave dome fire. Yeah. I think it took out uh, 4,300 acres. Crazy. Yeah. Which was started by lightning. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. no one to blame for that one. Um, it's part of the cycle. I, I actually had an say. interesting conversation with Marco about uh, the fire that's burning out in Anza Borrego. Yeah. I don't know. Is that out now? I don't know. Oh. I haven't been keeping track. But uh, it's a man-made fire. And, you know, Marco was like, fucking it's man-made. And he was like upset. He didn't yeah. say fuck. I don't, I don't think I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard him cuss, actually. <laughs> Maybe I have once. I don't know. Anyways, he was upset. And rightfully so. Enzo Brego is beautiful. It's a beautiful desert that a lot of the, a lot of our friends in San Diego, like, go to a lot. And I recently uh, went up there. So um, I told I told Marco, though, I'm like, you know, the reality is, is humans just kind of, we rule this earth right so we that parking lot and that mall and that housing development that spans miles upon miles upon, i mean that's as bad as a fire because nothing's really ever going to grow back from that yeah naturally. that land is desecrated that that, yeah. that land will never naturally grow back right i mean until after we're gone but so i said like you know because i my comment to him was was it man-made or was it an accident or like was it on purpose or was yeah, it an accident? was it was it a goes, human cause he goes yeah. it doesn't matter what's man-made i'm like well you know i mean reality is we've already fucked up a lot of shit so yeah if it was an accident i can forgive somebody for f- stupidly doing something that caught a fire if it was if a it baby was, reveal I, you're held accountable yeah i want i want you to i want you <laughs> to be like on display for the entire world to see yeah stacking rocks <laughs> and baby reveals don't fly yes, with Frank. Don't. I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was like, if it was an accident, it's cool. And, you know, it was an interesting conversation because even even Marco was like, oh, you know, you're you're kind of right. You have a point. Like, yeah. it all just sucks. I'm like, yeah, it totally does suck. I mean, it it's, does, it's yeah. Garbage, and right? that's how I was, like, when I was talking to the ranger out there, like, about the dome fire, right? I was like, man, this sucks. Like, And he goes, you know, it's, yes, it's unfortunate that we lost so many Joshua trees. And he says, highly unlikely, because this it was a very dense area for Joshua trees yeah. in the dome area of the Mojave Preserve. And Normally, there's so much space, they wouldn't exactly. potentially catch like that, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh. And so, you know, he's like, yes, it's unfortunate, but, you know... Think something this he said he said this ecosystem that is that is here now is gone it's gone forever the ecosystem as we know it no longer exists literally literally everything burned mm-hmm. for for those 4300 acres there's no life left it's and not so coming back it's it's what the way that we know it is not coming back right right and he says it will come back we just we're just aren't 100 percent sure what it's going to look like right you know and so what they think now is that it's probably going to be a lot like what it used to be before any of us ever knew it which is more of those kind of grasslands chaparral interesting kind of settings and so ironically right next to that dome fire is the one of the only active ranches was half of it burned down and so one of the things that we were tasked with doing in this project is taking down um, a structure like a barn mm-hmm. that was at one of the other ranches, a historic ranch um, that didn't fit. It was a barn that was added um, like some years later, like in the 60s or 70s. Okay. And so the barn was not period correct. And so because the Park Service owns that historic ranch, um, they want to preserve its period correctness. And so they were taking it so down. So you can see what it looked like exactly. back in the day. Yeah. Exactly. And so the rancher said, I'll take it. 
you know and so part so part of what the team was doing there was a special demo team um that went out there where all these guys have experience in demo and so they they literally took it apart piece by piece and then took it on flatbeds over to the guy's ranch oh wow. yeah and so they were there and they were putting it back up again and it was really cool to see like it's just i don't know man the it's the impressive it's 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 impressive to see what people can do when they get together for a common cause Sure. You know, because you look at this like structure and I mean, it wasn't like a frame. It was a structure. It had walls. Mm-hmm. It had, you know, you know, it had framing. It had tin roof. And to see it come apart. I mean, it was like watching ants work, like mm-hmm. and meticulously take it apart and preserve it. Like it was impressive. That's cool. Yeah. So, that, I mean, I got to see a lot of really cool things that I probably wouldn't have had access to otherwise. Um, and, you know. The guys that are organizing this, you know, Kent being one of the key persons over there at Overland Down that, that is responsible for this. Like, I mean, huge props to them for, for building that relationship for years and working with them to establish that trust. Um, and, you know, the dividends are going to be in the fact that the off-road community at large, not just the Overland community, is showing that, you know, we're doing things that they could never do on their own because they don't get the money to do it. And they don't organize. And they don't, yeah. And so when we bring out a hundred people, like what we can do is incredible. The first time that we did it, we hauled out, um, two full 50 foot containers plus another two more that were stacked next to it as, as piles they came and got later. This last time we went, we stacked one and a half, not because there were less people, because we literally finished. So the death Valley mine is now clean. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those pits are done. Oh shit! Which is incredible, and so was there. Was there like so? One of the questions I have is: Was there a lot of like fucked up shit that you guys had to like remove? Was there like hazardous? Yes. Material? Everybody was wearing masks. Um, it was very. We were instructed to definitely take care and not inhale what was going on. And it's not just because it's hazardous as far as the there's material like paints and stuff too. Right? Um, I mean, yes. Some of the stuff is old. So 60, yeah, there's 70s, definitely, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's definitely stuff in there. There was, I mean, luckily a lot of the paint was dry. There were the paint cans that were out there, mm-hmm. but that stuff's all dried and caked up. So it's not really super dangerous. The more dangerous thing is the fact that you have like, you know, wildlife that's been living in this stuff for decades. Did you guys come across snakes? And stuff? Oh yeah. We came across snakes. There was, oh, rattle- really? they came in, we came across a couple of rattlesnakes this last time we went. Um, a, a really, I didn't see the second one. The second one was a super healthy one. Like it's been living in that pile for a while, just feeding off the mice that run around in there. Oh, wow. Like it was a fat little guy. It was, it was kind of cool to see the picture. Was there anybody there who knew how to handle snakes? Um, yeah, there was one guy. Oh, cool. There was one guy there. He removed it. Um, he moved it over to another pit and then the snake took off and went right back to where it was. It's like, that's my house. <laughs> exactly. Motherfuckers are not leaving. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. Um, no eviction with COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got rights. Um, so, but, but yeah, I mean the, the bigger danger was obviously inhaling like a lot of the old like feces and scat. Oh, you know? yeah. So there's obviously a lot of rodents. Hantavirus. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, you had to make sure like this time that we went from our experience of the, you know, the first time that we went, uh-huh. this time we took a shower with us. Um, okay. And so we set up a shower at camp and had that whole thing. And Shannon and I both took like, you know, took showers when we got back because yeah, you're so covered in this stuff that um, you don't want to take that into your bedding. You know, and you don't want to be funny. in that all night. I won't forget. Like, uh, I thought it was so strange that when we, when I did it, when I came up with you guys, like what a year ago, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, I noticed that, uh, I noticed that, uh, um, you guys or Corey had talked to a couple that was across the way from where I was camping 
and they had a hot shower. They had a hot shower. And she's yeah. like, she's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, like really need like because I'm like you've only been here for like a you thought day. it was kind of bougie. Yeah, I'm like yeah. oh, you need to take a shower. <laughs> but I guess that makes sense. Like totally. you guys have been you're covered, covered in, in this crap garbage. Yeah. And you're covered in like fiberglass fibers, oh, right? Fuck that, Carpet yeah. fibers. It's all itchy and scratchy. Animal and, yeah, dust and so feces bad. and shit. You know, you're like, yeah, it's not. Shannon and I definitely made a point, and we, and actually, we had a warm shower too. So I was pretty stoked on that. Um, we used uh, not a plug, right? We're not supported by by Nemo, um, Nemo Adventure. Oh, did they have a shower? Yeah, they, we, we we bought one of their showers. Um, actually, we have their shower tent too. Uh, we bought them a long time ago. We bought this. We went. Um, Shannon had went like on a big bender buying stuff like years ago um, when we first got into this. And so we've had this shower and tent that we literally have never used. We've had it for over a year, and man, it works amazing. Really? Like I'm so stoked. It's 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 the kind that you fill up. It's all black. You leave it out in the sun all day while was you're it warm? in camp. Dude, it was so good. That's right. It was and it has this foot pump and it's got plenty of pressure. It's like, be like I was impressed. 80, 90 degrees. Yeah. with the sun. Yeah. Like, and it's all black, so it holds the heat really well. And we just left it at camp well we went off and did our thing came back that night um it was like sunset you know and we took showers and man the water was warm it was awesome is, so it, those, is it collapsible or is it yeah. like a solid tank no it, it collapses down oh, to like cool. to like four inches so like, is it it's kind of like a malleable plastic yeah it's kind of like um gosh how would i describe it not wetsuit material like it's just kind of rubberized okay kind of material is it kind of like those water jugs the clear water jugs is it that style no, no, okay. because that's like a plasticky. Okay. This is more like a rubber. Got it. And that's um, cool. Yeah, it's really there. I mean, it's really efficient, and it pumps up super quick. So you're not sitting there like pumping for like ten minutes. It only took like ten pumps, and it was like up to pressure. Oh, and then how long does that last? That lasts like you know a minute and a half, that's and so then you cool. just pump it again, and then you go more. And so it's got a little nozzle, a little shower nozzle, and like it was, it was, it actually worked out surprisingly well. And we that's got right. some like you know biodegradable soap because it's, it's all runoff, right? So you don't want to like. You don't want to use regular soap, sure, right? So you, we got some biodegradable soap, and I mean, it, I was I was impressed as someone who normally normally I'm a dirt bag. I don't shower, yeah. you know. I mean, we all I think we are, we're all similar that way that yeah. we go out a couple camp. days, yeah, three days, exactly. four days, five days. You know, the most I do is I take the wipes, right? You take those big kind of body wipes, hundred percent, and you kind of just you know you you kind of do a bird bath with those things, yep. right? And so so yeah, no, that was a cool experience. I'm in you know. I've been a big fan of theirs because that's my ultimate sleep kit. Is also happens to be Nemo, so yeah. Um, not he's not sponsored, but I'm not. I yeah. actually I actually use their stuff too, and I love it. And we got sponsored for like our SEMA booth. For oh, okay. KC. I got them to send us a bunch of chairs, and nice. It was funny because people thought we were Nemo. Yeah. They're like, are you guys selling chairs? Is that SEMA? I'm like, no, we're selling adventure. We're <laughs> selling adventure. <laughs> yes, but no, they're just they just make a cool. Like I'm actually sitting. It's oh, yeah. such it's such a Nemo plug. I swear to God, but it is. It's, not, it's unintentional, like, but it's it's done out we of just user shit. Yeah, it's just done from experience and the fact that look, we talked about it in our very first podcast, right? How my like my journey in finding like the the, the sleep setup. Yeah, yeah. Thing, and and no joke, it hasn't changed since I found no, it. No, you even like, use it indoors. I use it indoors. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we use it in Moab, and even and I still have people to this day, like Tony, yeah. right, who walks up to me and goes, "Man, that is impressive. Yeah, like that looks really comfortable." I'm like, "Oh, dude, you have no you idea. Got it all dialed. It's I like am super sleeping cozy. at home. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sleeping at home when I bust this thing out. That's right. So, anyways, long story short, we had a blast. We 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 felt really good about what we did. We 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 made a serious dent in in you know the restoration of of the park and again the main point is 
that we're building equity with the park service, not just for Overland Bound, not just for Overlanders, but the off-road community as a whole. And I think that that's the most valuable thing that we can do is to show them that there is a massive segment of the group right. that wants to contribute if you just give them a way to do it. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you look at a you look at an organization like Overland Bound, and you know I hang out with a lot of like crawlers, and I hang out with Overlanders, and yeah, it's interesting how people always want to assume the worst. They do, others. right? And and I think I think Mike has gotten a lot of shit from some people, sure. right? And uh, but when you think about it, it's like okay, so he's he's built this business model. He does these memberships, but there's this wealth of community that he builds through the forum and the website right that if you choose to tap into it there's a lot of there's a wealth of knowledge yeah and i'm not trying to to defend or deflect or anything but i'm going to tell you straight up just from as long as i've known them for a long time now going on probably 45 years four or five years and i can as as someone who's used the forums and been and been a part of these cleanups and the efforts to to both adopt trails and do national park restoration stuff, I can tell you that not just them, but the group as a whole definitely gives back way more than it takes. Yeah. Even if you're looking at it as a business, it it's it gives back way more than it's consuming. Well, 100%. Corey, Corey and Mike aren't like doing this cleanup because they're going to end up with a fucking um, condo in the middle right. of you know Death Valley Mines. <laughs> right. It's like they're not getting anything substantial. Like None of not, us are. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mo- no monetary like compensation. They're not getting. They're not getting. Yeah. anything from this, this goes back to you know just doing not your just, part. Yeah, doing your part, and not just their principles, but even ours. Right, is of 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 giving more than you take. Right, and this is one of the ways that I feel that I can give, even if I can't. Like when we do a trip like this, like we're up here in Big Bear for the weekend. Right, like we're not really giving. We're out here doing cool trails and we're you know we have things on that that are scheduled and we're gonna do and so you know this is my however you want to look at it my carbon offset or my my karma points whatever right but this is this is that those things are the giving back more than you take and that's how i balance those scales and i think that a lot of us have that responsibility to do that to keep this going and to show organizations like the national park service that there's a lot there's more of us than than the assholes Right, right. There's more of us that are willing to that appreciate it and are willing to contribute than the ones that don't. At the very minimum, there's a group of us who are willing to do that. Yeah, because I don't think I don't. I actually don't think there's more of us. I think there's really? a lot more of the people with the the razors and the fucking canams. Like, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lumping people that are ignorant of of the right of what the right thing is. Sure, and, right? and I think that's ignorance. I don't think yes. it's. I don't think it's maliciousness. Right. Because um, there are some I, people who just go out there and dump, right? And do sure and do they'll throw shit. their mattresses exactly. and carpets and all that. And exactly. Those are the fuckers that you're like when you're at a cleanup. You're like, this son of a bitch dragged this carpet all the way out here, right? And dumped it, this the middle of nowhere. He he's probably spent forty bucks in gas when he could have spent ten right. bucks on a dump fee. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, totally. That's such a good point. Yeah, like, you don't think about that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's important for people to know that there is an altruistic piece that really does exist with that and. You know, creating a community—that's how you—that's how you organize people. Like, the unions did it. You know, um, different organizations have done it. Um, and Overland Bound is just another organization that happens to be rooted within this off-road camping lifestyle. Right. You know. Right. That's, that's it. And you know, call it whatever you want, but you know, if if they're going to turn around and actually leverage it for some good, you can't really knock it. You can hate the guy all you want for whatever reasons you want to make up or whatever stories you have, but at the end of the day, what they're doing is super positive. 
yeah, I think the there, there's there's a definite net positive yeah. in in what they're doing. So yeah. not a plug for them either. You know, it's just just it's just fact. I mean, let's right? just say I don't even I don't know him like super well. I know the experiences I've had hanging out with Mike or talking to Corey, and they've been nothing but nice and real with me. Like we've even talked shit and real people. Um, but let's just say he's a dick. So even if he was a dick and even if he, you know, whatever you want to say, he's still doing good. Yeah. Let's his... just take all your misconceptions or all your judgments. Let's say it's true. Say it's true. Yeah, exactly. Let's just say that all your judgments, not saying that you listening have judgments, but let's just say in general, that person who does has, let's, t- let's say they're true. Yeah. It's still a net positive yeah. for, what, for what the community is gaining and what the, you know, our public lands are gaining. Yeah. So, so whatever. I'm with it. I mean, yeah. So, while so that were, was kind of the gist of my adventure. Yeah. While you, were, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I guess I'm working backwards. But while you were there, I was at Lido Creek with my kids um, for a little camp out with a couple friends. And Sam from Dead Man had said, "Oh, we're all going out." And my buddy Francis, and then uh, oh, you know, Francis, you know, those are yeah. the same guys that we all went and yep. did that valley trip with. Yep. And so Francis was out there, and Sam was out there, and then uh, Joe from Hydro Tank was out there with uh, Balak Overland. And um, like, yeah, are you coming, Ali? And actually, like, yeah, you're coming, right? Like, I'd already been in, as if I had already been invited and I'd already committed. And this was like the first <laughs> time I was hearing about it. I'm like, yeah. So you're loaded and ready to go, right? Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> and uh, but that is the group that could do that to you because they're that they're they're that, they're that tight, yeah. like they're that close, right? They're good. So, they're good guys. Like I bet Sam was like, "Oh, he's totally down yeah, to he's do in. it." Yeah. And it's like, it's, and Francis was like, "So, so yeah, you're you're coming." And then I'm like, "Sam, what's going on?" <laughs> um, but yeah, it, what am I committing to? <laughs> it, it was supposed to be well, they, yeah, they did it Friday and Saturday night to camp over, and uh, I ended up um, not being able to get out there until Saturday after like soccer practice with the kids and stuff and i threw him into the jeep with the dog and we went up there and unfortunately sam and francis left but still got to hang out with uh joe and uh and um god damn it tony and uh bad luck um and they brought their dogs and i had my it's like it was just it was a perfect little overnighter that yeah i don't think could have been better had you know maybe if the guys had stayed another night it would have been cool like just to have the the group there but Lytle is such a cool spot um it was kind of shitty to see the types of groups some of the groups that were coming out not all of them but some of them were like you know it's just the kind of groups where like they're blasting their music and they're fucking there's like shit everywhere and you're just like dude like and you know it's like it'd be one thing if it's like they picked up all their shit and they left but usually right. it's like all that shit just stays behind and i don't know i mean yeah, I've 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 grown a little fucking pretentious and maybe a, a slightly bit slightly like, protective, I protective, guess, right, yeah, of like the land just, or the, it's or like, how it's used. Like, well, because I know how easy it is to lose it, right? And I'm like, well, if you don't take care of it, if you don't do the right, do it the right way, which is just a very common sense way. It's not like yeah. this is my right way. No, it's just fucking common sense. Like, pick up your shit, like clean up after yourself, like just do it right. Um, if we don't do that, then they come in and they shut shit down. Yeah, and so then they shut shit down, and they and it's almost like tightening, 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 tightening until like there's just a little piece of land, and you've got all kinds of assholes there, and then eventually you don't even want to go out anymore. And it's like kind of what's happening with Oceana Dunes, where it's like it's in this like three year. It was supposed to be five years, but now it's a three year phase out process. And I right. think we talked about it a little. We did, yeah. 
And uh, when we originally talked, it was like five years. Now right. it's this three-year thing where it's like, nope, we're cutting it out in three years. And it's like, yeah, you dumbasses. Like, you're just getting rid of one place where people were able to enjoy themselves. Now they're going to go. Because I saw it in street racing. Like, they had yeah. so many drag strips and they started closing down the drag strips. And so people went to the Compton races, the La Habra races, like, you know, San Diego races. Like, they just they just went to the streets. You know, we're out there in Silmar fucking drag drag racing, like, you know, import cars and shit. Like, so, um, you're either going to, you're either going to be able to manage it like a narrative. You're going to manage the narrative or the narrative is going to take off on you. It's going to get a life of its own, right? It's going to get a life of its own. It's do its thing. So whatever. I mean, that's my little rant about fucking dumbasses going up in trails and with no business sometimes being there, but whatever. Um, I digress. Uh, but it was it was really pretty, and there was actually funny enough. Like this was just a week ago, but there was still like little patches of snow on some of the shady spots. That's crazy that to me that you about. saw snow yeah. up there. Like that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so nuts. But uh, little snow. Um, it was cold, very very windy. Um, the wind w- the wind would come ripping through that little canyon like oh that's like what a we had. freight train. That's and, what we had, and then it would pass, and it's like. You could almost see it through. There were tents it. that rolled out of, out of those corrals. Oh, really? Yes. Luckily, yeah. ours, for once, I took the time and staked everything down. So it stayed. So and we, and we were gone all day. Yeah. So we didn't know what we were coming back to because we were getting hit with like 20, 30 mile an hour winds consistently so with like 40 mile an hour gusts. So no. And we came back and everything was there. And I was like, huh, cool. cool. Pat in the back for myself. I'll I'm, take I'm it. proud of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even my tent, which is usually pretty solid and I don't hear a lot, that thing was just like that wind would come through yeah. and just slam into it and like it would wake me up and I'm like, oh, is there an earthquake? No, it's just a fucking crazy ass wind. Nuts, isn't it? How yeah. it just kinda like it when that wind hits the side of the tent, it just slaps so loud. Yeah, like a sail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that pop and it just it's almost startling. Like you're like, oh Yeah. Anyway, so uh, my eye camper was good when the kids were a little smaller, which was just like eight months ago. <laughs> and they're growing so fast. Yeah, I mean, they're like, hitting that age, too, where they're just stretching now. Dude, I'm getting elbows in the face, <laughs> knees in the balls. Like, and you're in a, and that's a two-person. It's a two-person tent, but it's still okay. But they were kids. Yeah, they were little. Yeah, seven and ten. So it still works, but uh, I think we're getting to the point where if I run this, if I keep running this tent, only one kid's going to be able to come with me. It's for one kid or solos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, anyways, uh, it worked out real nice. Um, it was nice to do a little quick overnighter. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, we just packed up in the morning and, and bounced. And I had my half doors on, so I was getting, like, blasted with dust from the guys in front of me. So I just fucking ripped around everybody and bounced. <laughs> Joe caught up with me at the coffee shop at the end of, like, you know, the like, right by the freeway. And yeah. he's like, yeah, so you took off. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I guess you're I, gone. <laughs> I'm like, I meant to call you, but like, I couldn't because I had no reception. But yeah, I'm like, it was it was super dusty, and there was some dudes just coming up on the other direction. I was getting so just annoyed because the like one guy was like almost like sliding into me. I was oh, like, geez. bro, like there's no room. Like, and they were just at the beginning of the trail, and there's like three of us coming down. They could have yeah. easily, I know, right away is coming uphill, but. Where they were for the trail, it's like they probably should have just chilled, let us by, and then continued on, but whatever. <sighs> I'm turning into a grumpy, <laughs> grumpy old Yeah, asshole. you're grumpy tonight. I'm grumpy. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm actually not. I'm pretty stoked. I've, I've just had like 15, 18-hour days because I've been working yeah. on a project for KC, 
um, that's going to be launching in a week or two. Like you, you guys will see when it when it launches. We'll we'll do a little bit of social, but it's been a lot of long nights. And I got to tell you, coming up to Big Bear, which where we're at right now, has just been so great to like what we came into, which is a really good group of guys, um, a lot of fun, a lot of love and drinks and really good food. Really good food, yeah. We'll talk about that later, but anyways, it was it's cool. So prior to that, the week before that, I went to Anza Brega. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I I was hoping you wouldn't skip that because that's the one that I'm truly jealous of well, because I love Anza. You know what's funny is I thought that was my first time again to Anza, but it wasn't. Again, yeah, my first time again. <laughs> and because I, I, I so seldom go to like Anza. Yeah, and yeah. The, and I was remembering that one time you and I got to like the edge of Anza and they had closed down the, the trail that was supposed to lead. Right. And uh, I'm like, yeah, so did we, did I ever go to Anza? But turns out that's the same trail that we went on when we were, did the Road to Expo back in like 2018. Right. So, um, yeah, I've definitely done it. But when I was going to do it with Sam, it was all new again because I, at, when we had done it, like I wasn't paying attention or whatever the fuck. I, I just didn't remember. There's just, yeah, other things going on. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got into the, the mud caves. So we get to Anza, me and, me and Jackson and uh, um, Ashton. Uh, we head out, and I brought Happy again. Meet up with Sam and his son Hunter, and we take off and we get into Anza, and we're just ripping through it. It's like he likes to go, you know. I like to go, and it's it's a little it's a little unnerving when you have somebody in front of you and there's so much dust and silt everywhere. Like right, yeah, following in in the dust and silt, it's it's tough. It's it's super tough. So yeah, you know, I was trying to keep up, but. I was holding back and, and, and just kind of chilling. And, and I'm like, oh, I've never been here, so I don't know. And uh, it's like the same exact trail that I've been on. Um, <laughs> and we get to the mud pits. I'm like, oh, shit. Or the mud caves. I'm like, oh, shit, I've been here. And it's the mud caves are such a trip because so essentially it's exactly what it sounds like. Like basically there's this whole like mountainside that's just mud, like hard mud. You know? Like basically like silt, like like, uh, like layers of silt and or rock. sediment that have just like, you know. Yeah, carved away. Yeah, and there's like rocks in yeah. there, and like you could see, like if you just brush on it, like with your hand, like rocks will come dislodge. Like it's not super solid. It's, it's not, not like yeah. it's not like rock. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a rock cave, right? Like a rock cave, you're like, okay, it's rock. It's, it's like granite. There's a fragility to it, right? Dude, I'm like, if if we're just at the wrong place at the wrong time with that fucking like 5.0 earthquake hits. Oh, that nightmare, dude. That yes. is that is my nightmare. And what's really funny is you're you're going on this like really like. Um, tread upon trail and you can see everybody who, who's come before you their footsteps that have like kind of packed down this like you know you've been there right it's path it's path yeah and you know you have to have light you have to have like flashlights or headlamps because you cannot see shit in there like uh, we got to the middle and we turn off all the lights you really it's just see. pitch dark pitch, pitch that's black. crazy um but as you're walking on this path suddenly you see this like clump right in, right in the middle of the path and it's kind of cracked and then you look up and you see like the um like the the, the outline the missing outline the, the where it came piece. from like, <laughs> and i'm like that thing is like a foot and a half wide by like eight inches deep like it's just if that landed on your head you'd be like you'd be like damaged it'd give you a little bit of a stinger you'd be like ah no no you'd you'd be brain messed oh, gosh. Up. like yeah you'd have a like well and, and but what about this though like okay tbi so those yeah <laughs> so those things I mean, obviously, they've been there for probably hundreds, if not thousands, of years. What we, we've in California, the, it, the mud caves. Yeah, 
and we've had like we have earthquakes literally yeah, daily. Yeah, but but they but everything changes. So Sam's like, yeah, you know, driving through here, like we can see like where the trails change because part of the cliff it just like part of right. the, the face of the mountain is just falling off. Yeah, like like Fish Canyon is a great example, right? Because you have that giant like wall that fell off that created now that obstacle. Yeah, right. And so there's this obstacle kind of a gatekeeper at the end of this kind of arena, and yeah, that that was created because like a giant section, a rock section of the wall just came off and covered the trail. And, you know, I would I would totally agree with kind of the point you were making, which is, well, the Mike Cave's been there for like, you know, however many years. But the reality is, is like, no, dude, like there's literally pieces that are like in the middle of this like path. Yeah, and they're still there, but but maybe there were more tunnels or more caves that have been sealed off since. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I hear you. Like it's, it, it is it is ever-changing, whether it's rain, wind, or earthquakes. That. That's one of the cool things about Anza is that you can go there from year to year, and it, it is a little different every time. The water really carves like, yeah. everything out, right? Yeah. So as you're walking, as you're walking through these caves, and I, I got to tell you, like the kids love this shit. Like, those <laughs> those guys, they were finding little tunnels that connected to like the further part, like like the main path with like uh, hook back, you know, around like you turn around. And there's like little paths that you could crawl through that would like connect. So the whole thing is basically like Swiss cheese. Yeah. And the kids were having such a great time. And it's like so cool to see them just like no fear. And like in my head, I'm like, that shit's going to fall on you. Like, and I have to explain it to They're mom. just in the moment, right? There's yeah. no, no, like they're, they're whatever stresses or problems or school or worries they had, like there doesn't exist. No. It all, it all disappeared in that moment. Yeah. They're just there. They're just, yeah. They're just being kids. And they're like jumping off shit that they normally wouldn't jump, <laughs> like the height that they wouldn't jump. Like anyways, it's really cool. And then, so as you're walking through, there's like parts where like it, you see sunlight poke through like a hole way above or like a hole that's been like worn through by water and whatnot. And, uh, and you keep walking and then it just opens up into this like kind of like cathedral of like light and like super high walls of like mud and wow. rock. And um, there was a couple spots where you could actually like, I just, it was like the perfect picture. I had my kids like stand on this rock and like, it was like the lighting was great. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And then we, so cool. we walked on some more and then like Sam was like, so there's a lot of rocks on this path. Like. A lot of like, a lot like of clumps, fallen. massive, like wow. we're talking like a body size worth. Holy I'm like, shit. and then you look up, you're like, that's where it fell from right there. And you could see it. And then you could see around it. There's like, like other like clumps like other with fissures in it. Barely I'm holding like, on. God damn. I, I just, that's the stuff where it's yeah. like, you know, that shit falls. We talked about it last time where it's like, you know, millions of rocks fall all the time. Like when you're right. in Moab. That's right. Don't happen to see them, but you know that you know it happens. So it's like same fucking thing there. And I'm like, I'm always stoked to go through it. And I'm as stoked to get out of it. You know, like. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised people don't wear hard hats going in there now that you say that. Well, they say the kids should wear them. And, you know, yeah. when they oh, do okay. tours, like you should wear hard, like, but whatever. I mean, yeah. you take your Who life. Who carries a hard hat? <laughs> Let's like, be honest. Like I need any more shit in my Jeep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my hard hat, my ear pro, my overliner, which covers half my windshield. Um, oh, man. But uh, <laughs> um, anyways, and so another cool aspect of the, of that trip was the Acatillos were in bloom, which doesn't oh, wow. happen too often, no. I guess. Um, so they I've only these, seen that once. Really? I mean, I've only been out there once when that was happening, and that was years ago. Like that's that, that's that's an awesome experience because they're beautiful. The flowers that they give off are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The acacias are fucked up plants because they look super <laughs> delicate and kind of pretty from a distance. And right. You, you get up close, you're like, oh my god. There's like 
one and a half inch spikes coming yes. off, like a shitload of them. Like you're, you'd be fucked if you like. They look fell alien into almost. Like they're yeah. just like their sole purpose is to destroy you. Just like hurt you. And yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm not fucking with you, dude. Chill out. <laughs> um, and then you know, there's all these all kinds of different cacti out there, like from the from the hairy kind of stuff that like is like fiberglass almost where it just oh will, right right the stringy kind of yeah, yeah but it still will get into you yes um to the traditional style like the, the you know, choya yeah the jumping choya yeah the yeah. one dude and so let me tell you uh be careful when you take your dogs out there especially yes. if you go off like off trail or um off uh like off into like fire roads where like some of those the, they call it they're called choya the, the ones the jumping that, choya yeah like yeah. where if it sticks to you it pulls off yes dude so it's I, super tacky. It's like it super sticks tacky. to everything. Yeah. So Jackson had to pull a few out of his hand. Yep. Uh, I was pulling like multiple ones out of Happy's feet, her, her paws. Yeah. Because uh, she just walked like over something, and I'm like, "Fuck me!" Like it's it was bad. Like it took a lot of strength to like kind of yank pieces out. Yes. And then they stick to you. Yeah. <laughs> Once you yank them, they stick yeah. to you. <laughs> but luckily, I got it out, and everybody was cool. So, and I think Happy got the experience, so she didn't have, have any more problems. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then after that, we went down, uh, devil's drop off. I want to say it's called, is that right? Devil? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Devil's devil's drop off. Yeah. And I guess there's a new trail that, oh, really? that had gotten created by the, the like the park management park oh, service okay. on the left, which is actually harder than the original main hard one. Oh, and that's unusual. They usually don't go harder. They usually go easier. That's yeah, crazy. It seemed like it was harder. And yeah, I did. I did all of them. And it was a lot of fun with the with the new setup. It it worked great. And then you get further in, and there's some more like ups and downs. And um, had a really good time just going up and down that stuff, and That's like nice. just seeing how she flexed out. And you know, Sam was like, "Damn, that shit!" Like he's it's like crazy. He's like, "It's working really good." I'm like, "Yeah, it's awesome." As long as you don't drive it at 30 miles an hour in the street and hit a fucking penny on the road. And I'll tell you after seeing what the jeep did in moab yeah um do you remember like a year ago before i got my new lower control arms i was going back and forth on doing a dual shock okay on the front if you remember that or not so and you know bond actually of all people bond actually talked me out of it he's he said i okay i remember that because he's like do you want to fucking maintain this shit yes he said and they're a pain to tune he goes you actually have to spend a a few days out in the desert and he goes, you really have to tune them. Like, you have to tune these shocks or they're going to ride terrible. Right. And you have to maintain them. And he said, you know, the amount of effort for the for the relative amount of gain is is not worth it for the average person. He goes, they look sexy as hell. They're cool as shit. Right. You but know? they have to be tuned. But they have to be tuned. That's right. Correct. And you have to maintain them. And so, you know, he basically talked me out of it. And <laughs> after seeing what you did, like, I'm kind of like, ugh. Well, I, I mean, kind of wish I had got them. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to a friend in the industry and he was like, yeah, you know, well, if I, if I take all the responsibility for doing some like big moves, like marketing wise, right? Yeah. For this company. He's like, well then all the liabilities on me, if it's like somebody, somebody gets hurt or whatever. And it's like, dude, you'll never get the kind of gains that are truly epic unless you take the risks that are kind of equally true. epic. True. And no risk, no reward, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's and you the saying. and you just kind of have to either realize, like, look, you're the kind of person who's gonna take care of some shit and and make it work, or you're the one who isn't, and then you won't you won't have that. But you're never gonna get something really like amazing unless you're doing something equally of equal effort. You know? Yeah, and I think I think you're right. Like, there's and I think that there's also like the personality type 
right? And I, I, it took me a while from it took a while for me to, I guess, realize like not be at odds mm-hmm. and just come to grips with my own personality, mm-hmm. in the sense that I used to take a lot of risk, mm-hmm. right? I mean, especially when you're younger, right? But I used to take a lot of risks, and a lot of times, like most risks, they don't work out. Right. And the right. ones that do, you're like fucking stoked. You're on cloud nine. Right. It's amazing. Right. But the ones that don't, I would always say, God, it's so stupid. Like I knew this wasn't going to work. Like right. I felt like I knew this was a bad idea and I took the risk anyway. And I mean, I shouldn't have done that. Like <clears throat> I knew it wasn't going to work. And then I stopped doing that. And true, I felt a lot better on, you know, on the, on the level, like on, on, on most, you know, days or years or however right. long. Right. But, but I definitely like, missed out on the highs of of those those successes right right? like the because you were taking less risks so you were yeah you saved yourself some regrets oh like later in life yeah like you saved yourself some like some pain or you know however you want to call it right or some hardship but you also didn't maybe potentially experience some of those giant gains that come every you know every every 10 failures you get a win right or you know the law of averages so to speak right so yeah i don't know no, I mean sometimes you take risks and it works out. Like I don't, I've, I've only done two kids that I have that I know about. So, you know, <laughs> dude, there, I'm there's some risks that paid off right there. So, yeah, I, I'm convinced that at some point within the next five years, somebody's gonna call. Someone's, gonna, I, I can't. I, Ashley, I, Ashley gives me shit about that. She's like, "Do you have any other kids out there?" I'm like, "I don't know." I told Shannon a she long was like, time. What ago. does that mean? <laughs> I told Shannon a long time ago, I go, be, just because out of, we were joking, we were half joking, I was just kind of joking about it, right, just like you normally do, you mm-hmm. know, kind of pushing buttons and whatnot, and I said, look, if anyone comes knocking at our door with a kid, just know that that kid is going to be is gonna be older than 15, <laughs> like, at, at, at the time, right? I go, because I've known you, Yeah. like, this kid was before, if, if, there, if there is one out there- You can't be mad at me. It was before you. And so you can't be mad at me for that. Like yeah. I have, I have a past. We all do. And you know, I'm. I find it hard to believe that, given a lot of the dumb shit that I did when I was younger, and I mean, a lot of things that I've never shared on this podcast. Um, it's all coming out tonight, <laughs> right? Now I think I, maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow I plan on getting pretty <laughs> sauced because you're driving home. So <laughs> maybe tomorrow. But let's just say that I have spent my fair share in the back of squad cars. Um, and I've, I, I had a pretty rowdy, a rowdy youth, and I'm amazed that I turned out um, as well in my. Someone straight laced, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I think I got it out of my system. Yeah. You know, from just being so rowdy as a teenager. Well, it's, probably, it's probably why you're a little bit more conservative now. Yeah, the risks. Yeah, the the squad car has definitely changed some of my, um, my risk behavior. Mm. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that like I'm amazed that at 41 years old, with all the dumb shit that I did that there isn't one kid out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm not wishing for one, but if there is, like I would feel like a gigantic a-hole for missing out on their whole lives. Yeah, but I mean. But yeah. also I didn't know. You didn't know, so you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> it is what it is. That was a weird tangent. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. It's <laughs> totally cool. So anyways, Anza, um, up and down obstacles. By that by that time, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, I've totally done the devil's drop off. Like we yeah. we fucking shot videos with the five eleven. Like I was with five eleven back then. Oh wow! So it was that long ago. Um, and uh, we found a little cool little campsite, set up camp. It was it was a good time, and uh, it was cool because uh, Sam brought out all of his like air air guns. Oh, so really? the kids were doing like BB nice BB guns, and like just my kids don't. Oh, the airsoft stuff is yeah, fun. They usually don't play with that shit either. Cause yeah, I haven't bought them anything because. 
I don't know. I, I feel like my little guy is kind of a psychopath, so I try to. Yeah, I don't know that you want to put a weapon in his hands just yet, dude. He was so good. <laughs> that, that he picked up this rifle, which was way too heavy for him because he's a little beanstalk, and yeah. <laughs> and he held it up, and you could see him like arch all the way back, like arches back, putting all, all the, his all strength way, into yeah, it. He's <laughs> putting like trying to counterbalance this thing, yeah. and and I'm like, is he ever gonna shoot? Because he kept like going up and down, and then and then as soon as he hit the trigger, he would hit target. I was like, wow, oh shit. I'm like, that's why, that's why I don't want, like, he's, he's just, <laughs> and you know, and actually it's kind of funny. Like I need to, I need to just get him to hang out with like Luke, my buddy Luke and, um, yeah, just direct that energy. Uh, right? uh, yeah. Uh, region, um, you know, our buddy that we yeah. get the podcast with and, uh, just, just have him with somebody who really knows his shit. Yeah. And, uh, and like, he doesn't even know I have guns. Yeah. Like, cause I, I keep them locked and yeah away and they're so curious and they're so smart that i i really fear for their they're smarter for their own good uh too smart for their own good so i, I wonder like yeah they'll be like oh i totally know how to do this and, and sometimes too like i feel like when it comes to things like that sometimes the message resonates more with them they take it more to heart and yeah, more seriously when, when it's somebody, somebody else and then it's like 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 an alpha dude like yeah you like, know, like, like like when it comes from a position of authority that yeah. isn't your parents yeah and so yeah. like you know I might I might try to set that up so the kids can get that's a good idea actually exposed to like proper training, but dude, let me tell you, Sam's kid, Hunter, yeah, like not Hunter, um, sorry, Charlie, uh, he was so on top of training my boys on the proper use, like it was like as if it was like a straight up uh, nine millimeter or you know, like uh, a real weapon, yeah, like. like like it was like a two two three, like you know, yeah, like like, like he was like. You know, just make sure, like, wh like whatever you point your gun at, it's gonna obliterate. You know, right. like there's like, and you know, I was telling the kids, I'm like, there's like a laser that comes off the front of your gun that right. you can't see, and if you cross any part of somebody's body, you're gonna like destroy it. Right. And it's like, wait, there's no laser. I'm like, but you have to imagine you have to treat it like yeah. that. Yeah. But but Charlie was like, yeah, he was going through all the points, like make sure you know what's on the other side. Charlie's of your an impressive dude, man. Every time I hang out with with his dad and him, yeah, like I'm always blown away by the things that that he says. I'm like, man, this kid's like. He's like what twelve now or something like that. Something like that yeah. So he's like twelve going on thirty. Like yeah. this kid's like impressive. He's like having fucking. <laughs> I remember when we were at uh, Death Valley and he's having conversations with, or no, Valley of the Moon. He's having conversations with like people coming through. Yes, <laughs> with the adults that are like, coming through dude, camp. Come back here. <laughs> so rad. He's holding his own too. Yeah. Like it's not even like he's stressing. Oh, and like you can see Sam just like. Ugh. Yeah, Sam's just kind of like watching closely. That's like, what he does, <laughs> right? That's my boy. My kids are like, fuck you. Get out of our camp. <laughs> Leave. Leave. And Charlie's like, welcome. Stranger danger. Welcome. Take care. <laughs> he did too. Yeah. He's like, this is so-and-so. Yeah. This I'm is like, so-and-so. Nah. Come through. Meet our friends. And it's like, whoa, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. That kid's awesome. So they had a good time and they yeah. were shooting. And finally we wrapped up and kind of had a nice little... Uh, um, one of those steel fires, like with the ring. Yeah. The wash, the washer. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The like, yeah, the barrel of, yeah, the, of barrels, the, the washer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Works so great, and those are awesome. Shit's not getting everywhere, and you could feel. And a they bit, radiate heat yeah. so much better than having an open fire. Yeah, yeah it was totally. Good. Did a little fire and then passed out. Got up in the morning, and there was an event that Sam wanted to go to, and I was going to go with him, and then we ended up going through this little town called Julian. Oh yeah, Julian's awesome. He made the mistake of stopping with me to get some coffee and this little coffee shop called uh locals wanted yeah um was so did, rad did you guys get the apple pie no but i told sam hey bro 
we're going to stay here and we're going to get breakfast. <laughs> and, they, and they had like kind of this pre-made like omelets and like yeah. bacon, everything. I'm like, this is rad. Um, so we're going to just hang out here and French toast. Yeah. Julian the French toast awesome. was bitching. And, uh, and so he's like, okay. And so he took off to his event and me and the kids stayed there and like ate good. And it was just such a nice vibe. And like the, the morning was like perfect temperature. So it was just, yeah, I mean, I think I enjoyed that way more than I would have another hour of driving and yeah, seeing all, seeing friends, which would have been cool. But at the same time, like another car meet and then coming home like right. with an extra hour of travel just burned out. Yeah. So we ended up really enjoying that morning and, and coming back home now. Before that, did one more thing. Where are we out on time? We good? Oh, yeah. So, did you do anything else other than the, the cleanup since Moab? I feel like I did. I've been doing a lot of mountain biking. That's what it is. Oh, you got yourself a bike. Yes. Fucking finally. Dude, that's been like two years <laughs> in the making. Oh, my gosh. It feels that way. Oh, it has. Because I think- Oh, that's uh, right. Because I did sell. So, yeah. So, what happened was I sold my mountain bike two years ago, and then I was waiting for a new model to come out, and then COVID hit- which pushed it to two years. That's exactly oh, wow. what happened. Yeah, because I got mine, and then yes. you had just sold yours. I'm like, what yes. the fuck? Right, the timing, yeah, we just completely missed. And so, yeah, now I have a sweet ride, which I'm super, super stoked on. It That's rides. Right. What'd like you get? I got a Rocky Mountain in altitude C70, which is um, a bit more baller of a ride than I should have gotten, but I'm- um, It's like a full suspension bike. Full suspension, enduro-style bike, 170, 160. So it's got a 170 front, 160 rear, which is- an excessive amount of travel okay. for for what I use it for daily, but um, my main the main reason I went with that one is because I want that bike to do double duty as my you know all around bike, but also for my park bike. So okay. I want to bring it up here to like um, Sky Park, yeah, and Big Bear, and you know have some fun with Dude, it. Dude, I'm so, so down to go. On absolutely, that yeah, I cannot wait to drive it up here. I've done I've done like a lot of like just local trails out, and like when I was living in uh, Mission Viejo, yeah, because like, we had. Whiting Ranch, Whiting, Saddleback, yep, and all the yep, cool, like the shoot, the yep, luge, I mean. The luge, yeah. Like, bitching trails. And uh, <laughs> it's funny, right when I was getting, like, somewhat comfortable and, like, starting to, like, flow more, and yeah. I got concussed really hard. That's right. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I was when I was like, you need a new helmet. <laughs> I got knocked, yeah, I got knocked down a couple of pegs, and, yeah. and, then, and then we ended up moving, and so I haven't even, like, I haven't even biked since we moved to the new spot. Um, granted, out in uh, Corona, there's like those hills. And yeah, there's. It's uh, actually there. a really good trail system out there. Really, um, it's right there at Chino Hills. Yeah. Like, there's. It's a really well known route. I gotta. I just gotta start and getting then, out there. And how far are you from Temecula? Far enough to be far. Okay, because I was say Greer Ranch is. I think is out that way. That's another 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, and Greer yeah. is like also super well. That that's like coveted as one of the best places. Oh, in, really? in SoCal to ride. Oh, wow. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, Greer is pretty rad. Well, I mean, I'm I'm always down. Um, I think now that I've gotten things pretty dialed, I've got my bike rack again. I think that's going to go back on yeah. and start Let's doing do some trails. Um, but I mean, uh, technically, that is still rigged for dirt. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if we come out here and we do some stuff and totally go, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to go to Santa's Village. Yeah. You know, that's Sky Park. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is Santa's Village? Sky that's Park? Sky Park. Oh yeah. no shit. Yep. Okay. So same. It's one in the same. All right. Yeah, one in the same. And then I think, can't you take uh, the chairlifts up at Summit and uh, do yeah, mountain biking there? Do yep, like, at Bear Mountain, Bear Mountain. Summit. Yeah, yeah. You they that those are for lifts, and then Sky Park is just ride. Is Snow Summit even a thing anymore, or is it all Bear Mountain? Um, I think it is still a thing. Yeah. Um, but the mountains, I mean, yes, they are two different mountains. It's been a minute, dude. They, I haven't I snowboarded the same, in like the same five years. 
Yeah, I think it's the same owners. It has been for like probably like ten years now. It's been the same owners. I've been so like hard driving on like the career stuff. Like yeah, I just same thing, dude. I've lived here. I mean, shit, I mean, both of us, right? We've lived here my entire our entire lives. But I've been in cycling almost my entire life, and I it's almost embarrassing to admit I have lived in Southern California my entire life and been in the bike industry since I was eighteen years old and riding since I was sixteen, and I have never ever on a bike ridden snow summit or bear mountain oh really ever i've yeah. snowboarded it but i've never yeah. come here for mountain biking yeah well i've i've always snowboarded mountains but i've never yeah you know, never done the downhill bike thing yeah because like, i where i grew up there was tons of trails there's no reason for me to come up here really other mm-hmm. than the bike park and there was ton, i had a massive trail network where i grew up right and so you know there was really no need for me to drive four hours to or three hours to to pay to ride a hill sure yeah but but now I want to. It kind of sounds nice having a chairlift. It does. I know, because now we're old. Hill. Now we're old and get to the top. It I'm sounds like, pretty good. Well, I mean, the only time I want to <laughs> go uphill is to get a workout, and that's only supposed to be for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes right. a day. And now I have my Peloton, so that's what I do. <laughs> so that's what you do there, yeah. Oh, God. The other, the, other, the, other night, the other night, like after work, I started drinking because, you know, stress. And, uh, and then I'm like, oh, I forgot to work out. And I was like already three beers in. <laughs> I took my fucking. Did you shame yourself into working I out? I shamed myself into working out, and I'm like, but I'm taking my beer with me. <laughs> oh, that must that that right there in and of itself could have been a meme. No, I got like, I, I got the picture. So that's I, awesome. I'll, I'll show you the photo, and I'll, we'll post it up maybe if I remember. <laughs> but I sent it to my wife. I'm like, I got my bike in, and I'm like <laughs> drinking the Modelo <laughs> on the bike, oh, like halfway so into my class. Um, <laughs> That's. I almost wish the instructors could see you right at that point. Like, what the fuck are you <laughs> well, doing? Yeah, this fucking guy. Um, oh, that's awesome. Anyway, so uh, um, hopefully Adam and Kayla aren't going crazy right now with uh, us doing the podcast right outside the window. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I ended up getting invited out with uh, the Center Force team. So I. Oh, that's right. Man, got, you've been busy. Yeah, I've really been busy since. So Moab. So we got back from Moab, and right away. It was our first RFD event. Yes. So I couldn't miss it. Yes. So I came out. It to, was literally the next day. Yeah. And yeah. I cooked. I even cooked that morning. That's right. So I came out and cooked that morning. And then the next following week, I think. I want right. to say the following it week was, it was, was I remember, Arizona. I remember it was soon after. Yeah. And, and it was like, I was so burnt out. I'm like, if Will from Center Force wasn't such a great dude. And he just did the funniest fucking thing the other day too. Yeah. It was this morning. Um, yeah, check out a check out. Go back a couple of posts on Center Force's page on Instagram page, and you'll see a little cutout head of me and Will <laughs> explaining to me how to bleed my slave cylinder on my clutch. A little South Park esque <laughs> thing of all he. So funny, dude! What the fuck, that guy. Um, but if he wasn't, if he wasn't that guy, like I swear to God, I would have canceled and just been like, I can't. Yeah. But I had committed. I told him I was going to barbecue. He put me on the fucking flyer. I'm like, wow. Now no, you gotta go. There's no way I was going to back out on him. Yeah. It's just, literally just because of what what kind of human being he is, right? And so, and since since uh, I think I don't know if I mentioned it, but yeah, right before Moab, I put in the um, the high inertia flywheel from Center Force, and I have my Spec Stage Three in there. So, and I'm like, hey, I'm sponsored by Spec. He's like, I don't care. Like, they don't have our flywheel. I'm like, that's true. So let's let's go for the flywheel, and I'll keep my clutch. Are you cool with that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So that put me into the center force fam and they had me come out and me and marco cooked um each of us one night and uh my night i did kebab for everybody yeah. but 
It was down in, uh, I think we started in Prescott and headed up the Crown King Trail, which I always wanted to do because oh, cool. Taylor from KC had done that trail and videoed it for KC. Oh, and, was that the one that he did in the Gladiator? Yeah, yeah, okay. with his dad. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And it was such a cool trail and they they ended up at the saloon or this, yeah, saloon or something like um, this, like 1800s, like original kind of saloon. Oh, in Prescott? Yeah, or we're not Prescott. It's like up in, it's on the Crown King Trail. Like, oh, okay. It's in else. Crown King or something. Because there is one in Prescott that's also like one of the oldest saloons oh, really? in the West. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I always wanted to see it and this was my chance. So we, we did that. Um, so the first, the first day we kind of, it was, it's amazing the kind of elevation changes you go through. And we started at uh, Lake Pleasant. I want to say it was called. Okay. I think it's Lake Pleasant. I don't, I have no idea. I hope I'm right. <laughs> Anyways, I think I'm right. And it was a good group. It was uh, myself. It was Will from Center Force. It was Blair from Center Force. It was a couple guys from Falcon, which I got swag for you from. Uh, I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm Milestar, but I'll take your stuff for Frank. Yeah. Um, and, and Doug, and uh, it was Doug, and God, I'm sorry, bro, I forgot your fucking name, but it was, it was one of the other Falcon guys, they were there, and such such nice guys. Yeah. Um, and so it couldn't, couldn't be mean. Like I'm like, I'll take it, I'll give it to Frank. <laughs> um, so it was them, it was uh, Brad from Trail Recon, it was Marco Overland X, Jillian Rebecca, um, and then it was uh, Vern, uh, from Motor Trend, uh, Trent was our trail leader, also Motor Trend related, and then Sean Holman, of course, a truck oh, show yeah, podcast yeah. at Motor Trend for many years, um, maybe decades, I don't know. Anyways, it was a it was a super super solid group. Um, there was also a gentleman by the name of Jeff who made amazing pancakes, um, and uh, yeah, just very very thankful for the um, for the for the people that were. That were there. Oh, uh, America, uh, fuck, Adventure, Adventure, Adventure Labs, American Adventure Labs. That's what I think. I think that's his company. Um, he was there with his kid and his dad. Uh, just a really, really big, eclectic group of different people. Mm -hmm. And I, I had gone into it going, I don't want to go. This is the last thing I want to do. <laughs> And well, yeah, because we were we were coming off of a major burner, like, a major fucking, and trip. it was. I mean, it was all week. That was a work trip. It was, yeah, it Moab, was all, Moab. At the end of the day, was a work trip. Yes, because I was running. I mean, I put in miles, on yeah. the, literal miles, both on the highway and yeah, and running around. And then yeah. we drove home the twelve hours. Yep. Went to bed. Woke up stupid early to do the event. Yep. And then you know, family stuff and everything after yeah. that, right? And oh. then, and like you said, right? I remember you called me like on Wednesday or Tuesday, and you're like, "Hey, so are you going?" And I was like, I, I can't leave Wednesday. Like, I can't take the time off work. Because you were going to come with me. Yeah. 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 But it was just too much. It was, it was yeah. like literally too much. So um, I kind of justified it because I had a lot of KC representation on that trip. That's like, true. Ali from KC was barbecuing. You know, right. like I was cooking for the group. So uh, it kind of worked out that way. Granted, I didn't, you know, it's not like I, I, I actually clocked out. I took vacation time to go do it. Um just putting that out there in case anyone's listening and talking shit. <laughs> Wondering. Head, yeah. No, guys. Casey didn't pay for it. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, that first night was awesome. I did my kebab, chicken and beef, and the, like the Persian burrito thing. The now world famous. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but it's just like, it's so easy for me, and it's such a different flavor for a lot of people. So like yeah. people trip on it because it's, it's really good, and they haven't had that kind of meat or that kind of flavor. Yeah. Um, the saffron and all that, um, the, the shallot yogurt, that kind of stuff. And uh, so it trips, it trips white people out all the time. <laughs> And uh, actually, it trips out all races. I'm not white. It tripped me out. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was amazing. White, brown, <laughs> yellow, whatever. Um, it, it, yeah, people people enjoy it. And for me, it's like, yeah, it's just fucking, it's easy as fuck. Like, you know, yeah. um, marinate it for a couple of days and it's good. Uh, this time around, since it was so many people, I just bought it from the Persian market. But uh, yeah, one of, my, one of the things I want to do is the traditional like meme of I'm going to spend four hours cooking for, or I'm going to spend two hours cook, cooking for a four hour cleanup for, you know, dinner yes. on the trail. Four, four hours of prep yeah. and yeah. <laughs> and cleanup. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to do it from scratch. Wow. These days and just kind of go full everyone. on camp chef. Yeah. You know, I love those videos where it's like the full on like Nordic experience where like the guy's got like a slab of, you know, like he's got a piece of wood. His like, you know, knife that he probably made himself. He just right out of like herringbone or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just like carved out a a pit for his like specially made fire, and you know, like yes, and like you know, <laughs> like has his cast iron like you know skillet, and he's like doing it next to a river. Like yeah, those videos are always so rad. He pulled the fish out that oh, like yeah. like an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. He like churned his own <laughs> butter. Right. You know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't hate it. Like, <laughs> talk all the shit you want and fucking how funny it is. I saw a video of a guy. I saw a video of a guy who made like, um, like brick oven pizza. Yeah. Like he brought oh, like he, on the trail. He brought a pizza oven with him on the trail and he went out there and he didn't just like put an, a pizza. Like he made the pizza. Like he made the dough. He had, he had wood. <laughs> A wood, you know, little like cutting board and floured yeah. it and kneaded the dough and rolled it and, you know, did tossed it in the whole nine yards, put it in the sauce and ingredients. And then he put it into this thing and and then he, he ate it by the fire and then packed it all up and went home. And it was just like, that's a shit ton of work, man. But that being the pizza was probably amazing. And he's but, like, yeah, and I spent like two weeks smoking my wood chips from the Pacific Northwest right. <laughs> with bacon fat from the pig that I slaughtered. His name was Eber. Yeah, Eber. And, uh. You know, he was a good pig. He was a good pig. Um, yeah. So and so that's that's the flavor you're tasting right there in uh, in the food. In the, uh, it's, the it's wood fire wood, pizza, yeah. It's the wood chips, yeah. Wood chips, yeah. That's the, it gets in a crust. It's the bacon um, fat in the wood chips. But uh, but yeah. So I'm I'm totally down to be pretentious and do it from scratch and, and like run it, do all that shit. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun actually. <laughs> I think I think there's a certain amount of challenge that comes with like doing it on the trail, like. It's funny because I saw this thing where it's like they show the guy is like, this isn't cool. And it's got the guy with all this shit out in his kitchen. And then, but this is cool. And it shows the guy with all the same shit, but like on the trail. Um, but it is, it is kind of cool. Like, I look at it this way, man. Like if, I mean, how is that any different than a photographer lugging all their gear out on the trail and doing astrophotography or, or, or you know, that kind of stuff? Like if that's your passion or if that's what you enjoy on yeah. the trail, like man, nerd out, dude, you know, do it. Why, you know, like, well, I, mean, I don't understand the, the negativity around it. I don't know. Everyone wants to hate something. Sure. Everybody hates the, the nerds who love the shit that they're into. It's, I feel like they just hate it though because they're not that passionate about anything. Well, it's like if you really want to look at like who's truly embraced it, look at the Japanese. 
that, yeah. that otaku it's like the otaku culture where it's like they all get into so hardcore into like different little very niche totally shit. yeah and they take it to the extreme extreme right? max yeah. like you got the the fucking rockabilly crazy ass you know dudes oh, dancing dude. in the middle of fucking the public square like, my favorite right now is the cholo culture oh yeah the in cholo Japan, yeah. the guys that are building lowriders oh, I, cannot, I cannot get enough of the of the cholo Japanese yes girls and the oh fucking, my gosh oh my I God. it is like that whole the fact that that culture that has been ex, exported to Japan and is like being so like embraced by these by these individuals is mind blowing and intriguing yeah. and I just can't I can't get enough of it it's awesome the, the yakuza is <laughs> like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> what is happening what, what is going on with our culture what, where all these dickies come from. <laughs> <laughs> They're like imported. They all cost like $180. Right. Yeah. For like work pants. Do you want to see something cool? Look at Japanese off road FJs. Okay. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple actually. That, they get that, down. Yeah. I yeah. think there's one called Metal King on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've seen Woo, him. That dude is beast. You know what's actually interesting is uh, there's a there's a really famous um, arrow company called Liberty Walk. It's Kato from Liberty Walk, and he's super famous for what he's done for like body kits for like the 240s and Lamborghinis and like super high end cars and like he his kits are like amazing. And it's funny because he made a kit for the Jeep, and no, I'm not trying to talk shit, but it ended up looking like you know those like um, Florida style like body kits that you see oh yeah yeah very very showy very voltron looking like i was like oh man i was expecting like something that was like way out there kind of like yeah but it ended up kind of looking like stuff that you'd see out of like uh the catalog of you know i don't know sorry i'll never get sponsored by you but like extreme terrain like you know the extreme terrain catalog like got thrown out and it was just like one of those cheaper body kits like i'm like yeah it was surprising but but the the fact that somebody made something from Japan for a Jeep was amazing. That is pretty amazing, yeah. Because the shit that he makes for like import vehicles is fucking And I can't imagine phenomenal. I can't imagine how niche the market is for Jeeps in oh, Japan. Oh, 100%. So There's got to be like what a dozen. The style <laughs> the style is they don't even know what cuz I don't th- I don't think they really have off-roading the way we have off-roading out here. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like I feel it's like a small it's, feel mass, like right? it's a small landmass and I feel like it's a very specific region of Japan mm-hmm. where you're actually able to do that. And I, I've been really? meaning to research it because I do, you know, go out there occasionally for work and like, I feel guilty for not having researched that more, but yeah, I feel like it is like everything in Japan is very specific to a region. Right? Not, I feel I like off-roading is that is like that as well. I don't think they have a lot of, I don't think they have a lot of trails. Like No, do. I don't think so. Because when I was in Osaka, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Osaka and I, I've never seen an off-road vehicle ever. In, in you know in the times I've traversed that city and same thing when I went to um, uh, I went to a different place I'll, I'll think about it later um, popular popular place but and same thing I saw no and that was a more mountainous area and I saw no off-road vehicles at all like so I know they're out there because I see them on Instagram all the time I just but I feel like it's a very specific region that's crazy so anyways uh, the only reason why I know that is because um, one of our guys at KC, his cousin, his the, his cousin's father has a dealership in Santa Monica. His cousin's father's brother's sister's uncle. Um, <laughs> no, no, his cousin's father has a dealership in Santa Monica, and they have the first 392, like actual 392, and it went to Evo Manufacturing or Evolution Motorsports, whatever. I, 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 I think it's the, I think it went to the motorsports side, uh, Mel Shop. 
and uh um or god i always mess it up it's not evolution motorsports it's evolution off road i believe is the actual name anyways um i have just evo manufacturing parts i've never gone to mel's like service side or his shop side uh but i guess that 392 went there and got the full like uh suspension set up like they have their i don't know if it got the double throwdown or what but it got the suspension set up from from mel and uh and we were actually, we're going to try to get it over to get some scans done so that we can build some more brackets for that special hood that it has. But I think it might be the same as the Mojave edition. So I'm not sure. We might we might just get by with the, the Mojave. Anyways, the cool thing is we're going to get lights on there and it's going to be a cool project. Oh, wow. Um, but they have the Liberty Walk uh, fenders on there, the front and rear. And I'm like, huh. Like I was, because what, what, what Cato... Um, is really known for is he does these like flares that come out and like has has a has rivets that show and the rivets are just part of like the style and it's like all riveted and the, it comes out like super wide and it's like the full wide body look yeah. for like a for like a lamborghini just like the sickest lamborghini you've ever seen right you know? or yeah when he when he does it for like a 240 it's like the sickest 240 you've ever seen um the jeep i mean yeah, it's cool that he. It's cool that he looked at it. It's cool that he looked at the Jeep and wanted to do something. They for felt it. inspired enough yeah. to, to make something. To for make it. something yeah. for it, yeah. So, so that was rad, and it's cool to see that kind of like crossover here and there. Um, sorry, big tangent, but anyways, <laughs> uh, I think I think somehow I got from cooking in Arizona to that. <laughs> to to Japanese vendors. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, the first campsite where I ended up cooking um, was really cool. It was close to where that saloon was, and uh, yeah, the saloon itself was amazing. So you go into this little town, and there's a fire station, there's a general store, and there's a saloon, and it's like super old timey, and you feel like you're you feel like you've kind of transported to a different like a different zone. And the local the local FD came out, and they they were like looking at all the jeeps, and they were like nice. talking about it. And uh, I walked into the saloon, and I had my mask on, and this old couple sitting at the table looked up that looked up at me very kindly, and they were like, "Is it Halloween?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Why you got a mask on?" I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm in Arizona now," and so you know it's very at will in certain spots, and there's certain spots that are just like, "What the fuck is COVID?" Like you know, yeah. they're, they're still like. And so it, it, for me, it was kind of like, oh, cool. Like they, have, <laughs> they haven't gone completely crazy here. And, um, you know, so got a beer. Everyone, everyone ended up coming in, getting a beer and like hanging out. It was, it was a good little opportunity because, you know, Brad was doing a video for Trail Recon. But in that moment, even though he took some video, you could see him just kind of like loosen and, and just enjoy himself for a minute. Like, you know, over a drink with, with, the, with the group. And his, his son was out there as well, Jordan. And so it was just a really good time in that little moment that we were able to like go to the saloon. And that's something that actually stuck with me where I'm like, fuck, we're moving so fast through these trips sometimes. Yes. We don't take the time to just hang out. And cause I could have spent like four or five, I could have spent 10 hours at that saloon. Um, but you know, <laughs> but my point is it's like the vibe is so good and it's so chill. And it's like, you could just spend time and talk to the locals and hang out for a yeah. minute, buy a round for the group, you yeah. know, like whatever. Um, but you don't get those opportunities because, like, all right, have your beer, got to get back, and you know, put in the miles. I got to no, well, put or, in the miles, or got to start cooking, yeah, or whatever it is, or start shooting, or start recording, or start whatever it is that you're that you're yeah that you're doing, the, whatever the objective is, yeah, right? exactly. And so it's like moving, 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 and I'm like, well, you know, traditionally overlanding was moving because you're trying to get actually to get somewhere, right? 
for us, we're like just trying to get to moving. Yeah. You know, and we're just having a good time. You know, and I'm like thinking there's got to be like a, a balance between the two. Like I'm starting to think, well, I'd like to, I'd like to move a little bit and then stop and hang out. Hang out. Yeah. It's exactly. kind of like what you did with Evan on yes. the rebel trip where it's like you guys move, but then you like hung out at places. And we just, found a spot that we liked and we just hung out. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, you know what? We're not going to leave at eight. We're going to leave at noon and we're just going to hang out here and enjoy this incredible scenery. Yeah, absolutely. so rad. And I think you're right. Like, I think, you know, it's easy to do because that's what we're we're trained or or what we, how we live. Right. Right. So it's easy to kind of stay in that mode. And I think we definitely have to force ourselves or remind ourselves that, you know, why we do this and to, to just stop. Well, the culture. And look around and just absorb you know, where you, in the moment and where you are. So I've been, I've becoming more and more, uh, disenchanted with traditional overland as it, as it stands within the community of, um, like having to move all the time or, cause I realize all of this has been borrowed from like Africa, um, South Africa, um, Australia, where you're traversing long distances because you sure. have to, you don't want to spend a lot of time in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. You want to keep getting to where you're trying to get right. to. And the necessity of keeping recovery gear and all this is because it's super functional. Right. Not that it's not functional for what we do, but we don't have that same urgency. Honestly, we really, we have the luxury of, yeah, a lot of what we're doing in reality is, is a loop. It's an out and back. Right. And so it's camping, dude, it's fucking camping. And I'm starting to realize that more and more as I do, I'm like until year three and I'm realizing more that there's a, there's a piece that's off road. And there's a piece that's camping and we happen to mix the two together and we call it overlanding here. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, we are vehicle, we are vehicle camping with capable vehicles that are, that are able to traverse. Yeah. We're just camping in, in further or sometimes more difficult to reach campsites. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, it's exactly what it is. Like we're not, yeah, we're, we're not trying to, you know, cross the entire country. Right. Right. We're, we're just trying to find a cool place to camp. That's maybe a little bit more off the beaten path than, than going to a campsite that is well-established, right? We're going further and deeper and trying to get more remote. Now, right? if you're, if you're doing like uh, the great American trail, right? Right. Now there's a, there's a reason to get some miles in and yes. like, you want to finish that trail. Yeah, that trail's a really long fucking trail right. from the Southern part of whatever up to the northern parts of like close to Canada, right? Or right. it goes it goes all the way from Mexico to Canada. Oh, the Continental Divide. No, well, it's the Great American Trail that they've I created. Think, is, I think that one does that one go east to west though? It goes south to north, doesn't oh, okay. it? Okay, because I know the Continental Divide goes it goes south to north. I thought I thought it was like New Mexico through Arizona. That's Continental Divide. No, it's called the Great American Trail, though. Oh, maybe one, it's probably called both. Honestly, maybe <laughs> I don't be. know. Yeah, it's. Probably, I mean, hey, we'll have to research. Reach later. out, fact check yeah. me, but. <laughs> Or both of us. It's, yeah, we could. Yeah, absolutely. Because in Arizona, there's a trail. It's called the Great American Trail. And it's supposed to link from down south up to up north. And it's its own it's its own trail system. Oh, okay. And they're still building it. Oh, so it's different than the Continental Divide. I believe so. Okay. It's not completed yet, actually. Okay. So anyways, long story short, um, you know, if you're doing something like that or the Continental Divide and your your goal, your sole purpose is to finish that trail. Yeah. Well, it's, it's similar to like the PCT, right? Where it's yeah. like. You're putting in miles every single day, and you're trying to get through it. Especially if you're on a schedule, right? Like you want to finish in a week or a month yeah, or whatever. You got a, yeah, you got a job. Yeah, you got to fucking get. Yeah, you've got to. If you want yeah. to finish it, you've got a time schedule. But if I'm going out for like three days, four days, and I got time off, and I'm going to like a local, like Arizona or whatever, like 
I'm going up north, like Big Sur, like, you know, like I have time where I can just chill the fuck out yeah. and enjoy, enjoy like being in a place. And it's like kind of like what I did when I did my solo mission where I went up north and then came back down and spent some extra days like coming slowly down and I, and I spent the night in Big Sur and just kind of hung out there during like the day into the evening and then yeah. woke up in the morning and packed up at my leisure and headed down south and did the Hearst Castle thing and all that. Um, it's like it's kind of nice to just take in the environment and, yeah. and just be part of it for a little bit. So I don't know. I, I guess we all mature in different ways and we start to get what we want out of it. And yeah, it, I think it's exactly it. You're right. Like that's, it's, it's different for everybody. Right. And I don't and, think anyone's doing it wrong per yeah. se, but I just, I, for me, I'm just like, I would like to spend more time enjoying some of these places. Cause yeah, I, it's discovering what you enjoy, right. Discovering how you enjoy doing this especially when you think about how short life is yeah, and it's like, well, I don't want to rush through everything. Yeah. I would like to spend some time and really enjoy it. And you know, getting older, my memory is not as good as it used to be. So I need to spend a little bit more time to really <laughs> absorb the yeah. experience. Right. Um, so totally. anyways, that's a rant, but second day we got back on trail. The second day wasn't my favorite. The first day, like you go through these elevation changes and the, the flora, fauna, everything's just changing. And, you, 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 at one minute you're seeing these like massive, like, uh, fuck, I forget what they're called, but the, the big cactuses with the arms and, uh, Oh, the saguaro. I don't know. Okay. I, I couldn't tell yeah. you, but, um, Sean, uh, or I think it was Vern actually. Vern was like, he has like a, a degree in, in this shit. Like, mm -hmm. like whatever you call, uh, not, not, he wasn't a botanist. Like, what do you, what do you call it when you know about plants and shit? It um, is. It is a botanist. Is it? it bot yeah. Botany. Botany. Yeah. Botany? I don't know, but he yeah. had he had something yeah. that made him a very good authority. Like he like knew a PhD about PhD in botany. <laughs> well, no, he knew about geology, but he okay. also knew about the plants. So yeah. I'm not sure ecology. I don't know. Um, so he he was able to kind of like as we got into different regions or different different eco ecosystems of this like like the, the way it would change with the altitude. Yeah. He'd come in and be like, okay, so... He could be a naturalist. Yeah, he's like, you see these uh, cacti um, around you, these big ones. Well, if you see ones with arms, know that it took 60 years before it started to protrude an arm. Wow. And then the number of arms are usually how you can start to establish, like, okay, it's at least 60 years old, and now, based off of the growth of the arms, it's probably this old. So he's all, some of these cacti that you're seeing are like 200 plus years Whoa. old. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I hadn't. That's crazy. I'd never heard that. that yeah. That like it took 60 years for the for them to even begin to protrude an arm. Protrude an arm. So they 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 start as shot stalks, as a, like a shoot. Yeah. As a shoot, and then after about 60 years, they start to shoot off. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, from the middle and whatnot. So it's up every them, day. <laughs> yeah. So some of them, some of them, you see lots of like. Yeah. Arms, and I'm like, I wonder how old that motherfucker is. Yeah. And uh, and then you talk about the uh, the cholas that you were talking the, about the cholas yeah the cholas and uh, cholas <laughs> like the cholas and the homies <laughs> it's like fucking lowriders on the side of the trail uh, <laughs> cholas I mean it, why not there's Priuses <laughs> right why not token Prius throw a lowrider in there <laughs> dude please take a picture of your token Prius that you see on the next trail and send oh, it to us I would love we'll do a guys. gallery I would love for you guys to start tagging us when you find a Prius out on the trail. Find find the local Prius. Yes, that's a patch, right? The trail Prius. The trail Prius. That's <laughs> dude, that's such a patch. That trail is Prius. such a patch. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we we see those those cacti and the choyas and like whatever, and he would talk about uh he would talk about different types of rocks and uh, wow um 
he would talk about like uh, different types of uh, soils or whatever. Like there, there's like some soils that are actually like living soils. Yeah, the primordial soils. Yeah, yes. primor- you're not supposed to like step on them. Yeah, and, it's usually yeah. it's usually black and yeah. kind of like it almost looks like moss. Yeah, but it's like yeah. alive. or yes, something. Yes, it's yeah. alive. Yep. So he he got into all that stuff, which That's is really awesome. really cool. So you know, you there's know, a lot of that in the Mojave Preserve. Believe it or not. That kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. that black. When you see those black swatches that isn't lava rock, it's like black dirt. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're talking about. That's crazy. It's very cool. Um, and uh, so that first day was full of that, right? And then the trails themselves were there were some technical pieces on the Crown King. So the cool thing about Crown King, so for you guys who are interested, is you have pretty much bypasses around. I think I'd say almost everything has a bypass. Oh, okay. Um, I took every fucking hard line. Of course. I could. Um, <laughs> just putting that out there and it was fun as hell. And, and Trent is a very seasoned, um, he, they call him the trail boss. Oh, wow. And, um, but he's like, you know, he's the guide and he was like kind of, and he was like trying to spot people and he was trying to spot me, but I was like ignoring him completely. And I'm like, you don't, in my mind, I was like, you don't understand what I'm doing here, Trent. Like I'm trying to see what the fuck this thing is going to do. Right. And in his mind, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm telling you to go driver and you're still trying to get up this thing. Why are you making this so difficult? Yeah. And uh, Jillian at one point comes up to me and she goes, you know, Ollie, um, the way you drive, it really makes me feel nervous. <laughs> like, awesome. It makes you feel nervous. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm like, that's awesome. Um, mission accomplished. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, she, I felt nervous, but I was, I was, I was at least in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah. She did great, dude. She, she did great. Everyone's that's awesome. super impressed. And, uh, even Sean, uh, came up and said, yeah, she's doing pretty good. And that's so coming right. from Sean, who has his full AEV JL, right. I'm like, okay, cool. And, uh, and so that, that, that first day was just, that trail was awesome. And then by the second day, like, it was just kind of bland. It was like a fire road, and it was just, like, rocky and bumpy, and just like, oh, my God, I'm like, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> but you couldn't go home because Marco was cooking that night. Right. And he did these burrito tacos that were just fucking out of this world, like, straight up. And he and the day before, he had, like, prepped his chimichurri. Ooh. So that night, he busts out, and it's already been marinating for, like, a day, and, like, oh, God, the flavors that come out of the food that he makes, it's no joke. It's incredible. Like, it blows up on the taste And the fact that he's, like, I mean, when we call him a chef because he, because his food is so good, but he's not a chef. No, he's just, he's just a guy who has, well, I mean, look, technically. I mean, by title, he's not a chef. I don't title, mean, I don't, not I, a chef. I don't yeah. mean by skill. Yeah, by, by skill, skill he, he is. Yes. And he's he's dealing with recipes that have been handed down to him. Yes. You know, in Mexico, like, down line. And so... You know, he he's like, oh, it's super easy. I'm like, no, it's not, motherfucker. It's not, it's not super easy. It's, it's hard <laughs> as fuck for most people to like know how much salt to add by by sight. Into. Yeah, by just grabbing with your hand and just yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's you know he he plays it off like, oh, it's super easy. And I know what he's doing. He's like, hey, anybody could do it. And he's trying to make it approachable, right? You know, you're right. Yeah. And his cookbook, like if you follow his cookbook pretty much to the T, you're going to come out with a good recipe and it's probably still not going to be as good as how he makes it, like even on the trail. Right. You could do it all in your kitchen, fine, but the way he seasons stuff, the way he like, he'll do an audible, like yep. he'll be like, okay, this isn't like, you know, I'm going to change it up with this and it just works, man. And and coming from somebody who's had a, my father was a really good chef. My father was a chef. He was actually like, he worked in a kitchen yeah. at one point of his life. And then, you know, as a kid growing up, he'd like, he'd make quail with raisin uh, bourbon sauce and like, you know, all this cool shit. And so having that experience with, you know, growing up with a dad and then me on the side, like I, I cook a little bit, I fuck it up half the time. I get it really good <laughs> half the time. 
But then having somebody like Marco, which every single time has been really solid, um, that, that was worth that entire yeah, thing. Yeah, he's consistent. Yeah, and, and I got to give it up to the Center Force guys who really gave us such a good time and went out of their ways to make sure everyone was happy. And, you know, um, somebody's like, somebody was going to break something and the Center Force guys like got to, oh, I got I to gotta pull this out. So they had a, a Summit, I believe it was Summit 4x4, um, came out, and forgive me if I got the name wrong, but I believe it was Summit 4x4 out there uh, in Arizona. Came out, one guy... Uh, um, broke his like brake caliper Whoa. something happened something happened with his brakes to where they had to like vice or uh they had to like vice grip it off and and clamp it the the line off similar to what happened with me but i don't know what his situation was but they had to like cut the line and clamp it so that it wouldn't leak and these guys came out onto the trail with all their tools and parts and did an on-site repair Whoa. And Center Force got them out there to make sure that that, that the individual who ended up with the damage can continue on on the trip. That's right. And they they were just so accommodating and they were so cool. And um, and the people that they invited were all legit. Like as far as people of like just good common sense and and good natured and just down for the adventure. So, yeah, man. I mean. It was, uh, it was a, it's been a very, very long, you know, few weeks since. Yeah, it's hard to believe that it really hasn't been that long. It's been like been a month and yeah. a week? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how long. And there's been a lot going on already, which, which is great. I mean, I'm not complaining, but it, yeah, it, there's been a lot going on. I mean, by the time you hear this, actually, wait, when does this release? Does this release this Monday? In a couple days, yeah. You know, so you're going to hear this, and just so you guys know, and by the time, so right now it's the 14th? Um, it's Friday. Friday the 14th. Okay. So 15th, 16th, I think this comes out on the 17th. On the 22nd of May, this month of the year 2000, our, the year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> the next Saturday. Yeah. The following Saturday is yeah. going to be May 22nd, and we're going to have an event for KC and Rick for Dirt, actually. Yeah. We're, we're rallying the troops. We're going to have an event. You guys are more than welcome to RSVP. It's Peterson with an E, all E's, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. S-O-N. S-O, no, S-E-N. S-E-N, Peterson. Okay. Trust me, because I've fucked it up a lot of times. So P-E-T-E-R, Peter, and then S-E-N, dot O-R-G, forward slash, K-C, lowercase, dash, lights, or highlights, dot, or no dot. So that's it. So K-C, dash, or highlights. you can just go to any of our Instagram accounts. And, and click it, on the and link. It, and it's in the bio. Click in the bio. Yeah. <laughs> link in the bio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why Including Casey's. Why, why you got to make it simple? Dude? <laughs> Come on, I'm I'm only on four or five beers here. Uh, P E T X Y Z. Yeah. J K L S. Whatever. Anyways, so Peterson.org forward slash Casey dash highlights. Um, you can RSVP there. It's ten dollars for spectators, twenty five dollars per rig. Uh, the money goes back to the charity that is the nonprofit that is the Peterson Museum, which is amazing. I got my first time when I went down there to check the property for this party event that we're doing, um, and I was blown away. Yeah, they got it's pretty cool. They gave me a quick tour, like a private tour of the vault, which, which is just this depository of like vehicles, like you name it, they've got it. That's awesome. It's insane. They've got like three carbon fiber McLarens. Whoa. Like sitting next to each other, they've got the Night Rider kit car. They've got like Herbie, That's rad. Herbie the Love Bug. They've got like 
Saddam Hussein's fucking personal transport with Jesus. some very questionable blood spatter marks <laughs> in the back seat. Um, it's just crazy. It's super crazy um, what they have there. And uh, anyways, um, they, they got the fucking personal transport of the Filipino like uh, president or whatever the hell it is. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's crazy. Like the, the shit that they got there. And, uh, and so I just, I fell in love with that place. I'm like, fuck, this is where we're going to have our fucking party. This That's is so insane. cool. <laughs> and so they're starting an exhibit called extreme conditions. And you've got, uh, Jesse Combs uh, Goldie rocks, uh, that, um, we actually, I think she was driving that. Yes. When we were at, uh, we were at Moab, Moab two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and the Jeep. It wasn't, it wasn't two, it was three years ago, right? No, it was, well, I guess now it was two because we missed. Yeah. Now it would be three. Yes. Now, now it's three. Yeah. Now it's three. Yeah. So that was her, her, her Jeep and it's there. And, uh, and so Terry Madden's going to be there and he's going to like kind of show it, like do a tour and, um, there's some other really cool rigs with Casey's on them. And, yeah. um, we're just super thankful to the Peterson family to allow us to, you know, be part of what they're doing and, um, have a party where, I mean, just outside Biggie was shot. And I'm not saying it's a violent place. I'm just saying like somebody took a hit out on Biggie happened to be right in front of the Peterson Automotive Museum. Yeah. That's uh, crazy shit. Um, LA is crazy, man. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. So it's it's got a lot. It's got, I mean, a lot of high-end parties happen there. Um, again, you know, we lost Biggie there. And uh, and now Casey's going to have a party. <laughs> and so we have uh, returning Adam's Jeep, uh, Oh That One Dude's Jeep, into a- Wait, 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 wait. Did we lose Biggie there? Or did we lose Tupac there? No, it was Biggie. I thought Biggie was shot in Vegas. No, no. Two, Tupac, I believe, was shot in Vegas. Biggie was shot outside the Peterson. Peterson, Auto okay. Yeah. Um, I just watched the documentary, too. <laughs> so, um, or faux documentary. is like a movie, whatever. Um, so, we're going to take, oh, that one dude's Jeep, which has a banging system, and we're going to put DJ Indo, which is Randy from Casey's cousin, Will. Um, he's going to be DJing out the back. And we already did the proof of concept out on the Rubicon, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a crazy night. Um, and so we're going to have that. We're going to have uh, food. We have a taco truck. Um, we're going to have uh, uh, some drinks. And uh, we're just going to have a good time. And so anyways, long story short, the bottom level is going to be the higher, taller rigs, like eight foot, up to eight foot, two max. Like you cannot be over. We're going to air you down if you are. Um, and then up above, it's like six foot seven is the max to get up to the top floor. And the top floor is really cool. So I think a lot of our guys who are like with trucks or crawlers, no tents, no racks are going to go up there. Uh, people like my Jeep, um, are going to be at the bottom, the bottom one. Yeah. And, uh, it's just going to be a really good time. Good. Uh, just a good opportunity for fellowship, hanging out, like being together again after like, yeah, so, it's just a, it's a unique so experience much, with so unique access. Yeah. So well, and just after so much time of being apart, yeah. you know, now that events are kicking off again, it's like, it's a really cool one to have. So yep. anyways, hope to see you guys there. And if you're listening to this, uh, after this podcast or after this event happens, well, hopefully, uh, we'll get our shit together and get some photos up. <laughs> so you know, me and Frank are busy. Like we don't always get around to adding a new blog, but, um, you know, we will, we will. Yes. We will. <laughs> and so anyways, tomorrow, tomorrow starts a full day of, uh, crawling and some photos. Uh, Frank's, Frank's been, uh, um, busy. Frank's been busy and Frank's going to be busy doing a tread feature on Kate tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm thankful that you came out to, to do it. And I know we have to do podcasts too anyways, but yeah, no, we're going to have a good time. Appreciate you uh, doing that for me, man. Um, 
I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have anybody else do it. Well, Thank you. I would if you weren't there. <laughs> if I didn't know you. Um, <laughs> hey guys, I really appreciate y'all listening. I think it's maybe time to pay the bills. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's been. Yeah. It just. I'm only gonna say this because I truly mean it from from the heart. Like, it is so good to be back outside. <laughs> Yeah. And, and doing this stuff again and like you know being able to do trails and we i mean we've always been able to do trails but just doing it with friends and you know the camaraderie i mean so, right now we're underneath we, just to let you guys know we just because i mean you guys wouldn't know any different like we could be inside the house warm right now and frank's like me and frank were talking like should we go inside we're like no like we've been doing this outside from like as much start. as we could from the start yeah. And so we are on the outdoor patio in Big Bear with these massive pine trees around us on this beautiful cabin with the stars blanketing us. And we and actually- the space station. Dude, we saw the space station go by, yep. which was a real treat. That was really cool. It was amazing. Um, so we're trying to stick, we're trying to, we're trying to freeze for you to keep it authentic. Yeah, my toes are, legit. I can't feel them anymore. My fingers are frozen. <laughs> Um, but I'm not hungry because we had the awesome tacos. Awesome and, dinner. And we will talk about today and uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's episode yes. that we're going to record or the following, whatever. The next episode. We're going to record an episode tomorrow. And uh, yeah, so let's pay those bills. All right. So first up is uh, DeMello Off-Road, uh, also local to us. And, um, you know, check them out. They're the armor that I have on the FJ, front and rear bumpers. Um, Jason right now, by the way, Jason DeMello. Um, they have a lot of goodies in stock, which is really rare right now. Like they have been cranking out um, tons, of tons of inventory, and so like he's <laughs> unheard got, of right now. It's unheard of right now, and it's not going to last, believe me. But I saw he posted today, which will be three days from when you heard this, or uh, from when you hear this. Yep. Um, but he's got like Tacoma bumpers. He posted just yesterday. He had Tundra bumpers. So. Um, get on it because they're not going to be around for very long. Because you can't buy it from anywhere else that's getting imported in from yeah, China because exactly. shit is fucked right now. So DeMello Off-Road at DeMelloOffRoad.com. Um, incredible company, incredible contributor to to the off-road community. Um, his long-standing um, you know, manufacturer. Nice. So for the for Toyotas and the Lexus GXs and LXs. And City B Broncos. City B Broncos, yeah. yeah. Ford Series and Rangers too, I think. And I hit so, him up for uh, Ashley's Bronco. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So... Jason DeMello, DeMelloOffRoad.com. Next up, we have uh, Milestar Tires, who I've been running their uh, 38 their thirty eight inch uh, Patagonia. It's 38 by 13 and a half Patagonias. They're uh, MTs for a while now. And uh, I've got another I've got another set on recently. Um, they're just amazing tires. I've you know they're amazing because of what I need them to do. I need them to be good on the road because I do long miles on the road. And I want them to be quiet. Um, I'm not always crawling, you know. And then I want them to do well when I go in the snow because I love driving in the snow and being out there, like you know, going to the mountains and taking the kids up sledding and whatnot. Um, and they're and they're awesome when you air them down to like 10 psi to go crawling on like serious shit. So I've never had a problem with them. I've run some other tires. I've run uh, BFGs, which are great. I've run uh, Coopers, which are awesome as well, like the SST Pros. Um, and these are fantastic tires too and they're at a really good um price point for anyone who wants to get into this who wants a good all-around tire i mean they're they're a fantastic tire and i've recently actually full disclosure i've recently been put on to the full milestar factory team and martin has been instrumental in uh, bringing my jeep to life and making it what it is today so am i biased i mean 
to an extent I'm biased as like uh, as a family member within a family, but I'll still call it the way I see it. And I have opportunities to go BFG. I have opportunities to go Falcon, but I really love Milestar. And everyone, again, same thing I say about KC, which we'll get to, but it's like, there's a, at the top, at a certain level, everyone makes a great tire. If, if they're, if they actually give a fuck and they're, and they're trying to make a good product they make a good tire. So Falcon, BFG, everyone, a Milestar, they all make great tires. It's at the end of the day, who do you identify with? Who connects with you? Who's doing stuff that re- resonates with you? And, you know, and did they make a product that really meets what you're trying to do? Well, they check all the boxes for me. So Milestar, they've, they've not only been a great supporter of me, but they're, they've, they saw potential in us pretty early yeah, you know, before others. And, uh, it was a very easy talk, you know, it didn't take very long. It really was. Yeah. It didn't take very long for them to support us and to, to help us, you know, continue our adventure further. Absolutely. Um, next up is Rebel Off Road. Rebel Off Road, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that's there's there's somebody that we both use. So like yes. you don't use Milestar, and I don't use Demello, right? <laughs> but but we we appreciate both of them. Absolutely. Um, you actually run Falcons, uh, but Rebel, we both have massively benefited from the relationship and uh, the care and the attention that we've gotten. From yeah, them. it's a great shop. It is. It absolutely is. Um, lots of history, lots of knowledge. Um, great team. And they've, I mean, the the collective knowledge in that group is phenomenal. Um, and now they, and it's ever since they've expanded kind of their offerings from just working on and bolting on and servicing. Actually manufacturing offer. parts. Yeah, now. now they're manufacturing parts. Bumpers from, that are pretty rad, actually. Yes, they yeah. got the front and rear bumpers, I think, for the JL and for the Gladiator. And the JKs. And the JKs. Yeah. Um, and then they have their bed rack yep. for the Gladiators, which is awesome, and their Halo roof rack systems. Yep. I mean, they're they're killing it to be honest. And they're doing it in this methodical way of like, okay, what is exactly do they want out of it? Right. After so many years of being within the industry, of being around so many other companies and selling other people's parts, like, what really would they want out of that? And right. They've made it. Yeah, and I would put like the the way they're meticulous about the way they build things. I would put them right up there with like Brian from Goose Gear, right? right. Like how he's how meticulous he is about building those platforms in the back, like when. I've had the luxury because they're so close to me of being in the room when they're literally having conversations about the strength of bolts or the lo- or the longevity of of certain materials and how they're going to react to the different forces of off roading because they crawl for real exactly they and they they abuse them like they're using yeah. the vehicles right yeah. and so you know like they want this they want to use the product themselves and trust it themselves so they can then pass it on to their customers and. You know, those conversations are, I mean, I was in there and they were having a 20 minute conversation about between two bolts. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. It's very similar to Brian. Like exactly. He was talking about like how long it took him to come up with the fasteners for his system. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's, it's that level of detail and, and we're, and that they're putting importance on not just the integrity of their product, but your experience with their product. Like it, it means a lot to them. And so that's one of the, you know, that right there is one of the things that, that just, you know, really kind of solidified, you know, I think both of our, our trust and, and kind of loyalties to them in that regard for working on our vehicles. Can I say something about Goose Gear real quick? Yeah. Dude, he wasn't bullshitting. I've had my system in for like three years now. Yeah. There is not a single bolt or screw. That Same. Nothing rattles. Same. Nothing rattles. My, my the, <laughs> the, the, the seat delete kit, the flat 
uh, panel in the back. It looks practically new still. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I've had, and you, I mean, obviously we use our shit like we, all the time. Yeah, and I've got stuff dragging back there and sliding, and you know, all I mean, all of the anchors, none of them have moved. Nothing has stripped. Nothing has rattled loose. Like the only thing that has worn out on my goose gear stuff is the fucking little plastic cover of the the piece where you push down on to open up your slider because the fucking rat ate it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it didn't if, even wear out. It, it was eaten. <laughs> if it wasn't for the fucking rat, I would, like my shit would look brand new. Right. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so there's a free plug. <laughs> yeah. There's a free, free plug for you, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then last but not least, uh, KC Lights. Yeah. Um, I happen to work for them. So another full disclosure, but they've, they've been supporters of ours from day one. Day one. Uh, without, without me really, like uh, Alan came on and like showed a lot of you know this is back when I was working at Five Eleven. Yeah, you weren't even yeah you no, weren't even was, with them and without there. even knowing it fully what he was getting into, yeah. right? Because he didn't know us that well, right? No, I mean, but he just see, like Alan's the kind of guy now that I've known him for a while. Like he's the kind of guy that sees potential and just like runs with it. And yeah, he's got a big heart and he's you know he just wants to spread the love and just see people like grow. And I'm glad he took that chance on us because you know here we are like how many years now? Oh, three. three we're, I mean, we're in our third. Fuck, we're in our third year. Yeah, we're in our third. And it's thanks to Alan and all the people that have supported us, like rigged, 100%. supply, and yeah. the people who came on early and just you know helped us get to like where where we needed to be. So thank you all. Um, just feeling really good about being out again, and so maybe I'm a little, a little emotional, a little, a little sentimental. A little sentimental. <laughs> um, but really appreciative, and yeah, you know, just 100%. Goes, goes to say you can't do this on your own. No, it takes it takes a village. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really, I think it's a great place to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, don't forget, you can check us out on Instagram at rig for dirt on Facebook as well. Same name. And we also have the rig for dirt group that you can join and get the inside scoop on what we're doing, what we're up to. And we got some events coming up with us and there's another camp out coming. That's just, right. just going to put it out there. Yes. So on that note, I'm Frank at trick and make truck base. I'm only at keep the Jeep. Thanks guys. Good night.